Tuesday to you. Thanks for tuning in to the 8160 here on 90.9 The Bridge. This is a special month for us. Every July here on this show, we do a special series of shows uh, for the whole month. And then, you know, sometimes we linger into the first part of August as well. And uh, for this July, we're all missing concerts. We're all missing live music, of course, as COVID affects all of us and changed up things and so many virtual concerts. And I encourage you to support them and check those out as they continue. But uh, here on this show, we wanted to do a deep dive with a few different musicians into the concerts that changed their life. So this is the beginning of a five-part series. Uh, For the next four weeks, we're going to sit down with different musicians. On this episode, we're going to sit down with Amy Ferrand, longtime Kansas City musician. She's been in so many different projects. 
Uh, and from her Facebook page, it says, Amy Farron does many things. Musician, artist, MC, weirdo, dreamer, lover of life. One of her current projects is called Amy Farron and the like. She also performs solo. She's an art teacher. She a DIY crafter. And she's been in so many different projects over the years and grew up here. Uh, I thought it should be a great person for us to kick off our series with. Uh, and in a minute, we're going to jump on. That's where we are. We're in Zoom days. You know, everybody's doing Zoom calls. So um, I did a I did a, about a 90-minute Zoom call with Amy Therand and have edited it down and um, for you. And we're going to go over her five concerts that changed her life and her list is amazing and it it spans from 1984 to 2018 yeah so it's got a very wide breadth to the dates in it and it was a very fun show and she told so many great stories talking about the five concerts that changed her life and of course the opening bumper was music from amy farron's project amy farron and the like so it's going to be a fun month. Uh, we're also going to have Marty Hilliard of Ebony Tusks, Isaac Flynn of the Van Hembry, and Addie Sartino of the Greeting Committee, where we'll sit down and do a Zoom call with them. So get comfortable and sit back. You're going to hear Amy Farron talk about her five concerts that changed her life, and she's picked a song to share from each of those acts as well. Again, we kick things off July 6th, 1984, and then it ends with June 7th, 2018. So sit back, hang in there, enjoy this interview we did with Amy Farron. And thank you so much for and being part of this special month of July. Get comfortable. Here comes some good storytelling. Well, I'm excited to sit down this week to kick off this special series of July shows here on the 8160 uh, with a longtime Kansas City musician, creator, artist, doer of so many interesting and awesome things. Amy Farrand of so many different projects. Currently, uh, Amy Farrand and the like. Uh, past projects, American Catastrophe, which I love that band so much. Uh, the Atlantic Fade Out, I love that band so much. And we could go way back and I can let you fill in those holes if you like. But interesting, in this COVID time, back in late February or March, you took a trip to Italy and it took a turn for the worst that probably no one could have ever predicted. And uh, well, I know a lot of I, your, about that. <laughs> I know a lot of your fans and friends following along on your social media saw the process of you being over in Italy for so long. But if you want to spend a minute on that before we jump into concerts, um, welcome home. And wh when did you leave America? Uh, uh, hi, Chris, and thank you. Um, I hi. left here. <laughs> I left here on uh, March second. That's when I flew March. out, and the intention was to return April second. Was the intention, but um, my flights were canceled pretty soon after I got there because of the lockdown that happened. And yeah, so I was hanging out in Italy in my buddy's place for almost four months. <laughs> That's a long time. It certainly is. And, uh, you know, she, I'm sure she got pretty sick of me. <laughs> she's used to not being around. You know, she's not a social human. She actually like, she likes to stay home and not talk to people much. She works and goes home. And so, yeah, I bet she was way over it by the time I left. <laughs> For sure. Well, I'm glad I know. Yes. I followed your process and I know it was a process to get home and 
spending the night on a couple airports and uh but happy to have you back here safe i guess safe, as safe as can be, as safe as can be as we are all still dealing with this over here but, um, yeah it's worse over here than it certainly um is in italy now that's for sure it's I, actually maybe worse here than it ever was in italy but the numbers are crazy i think it's you know it's the amount of new cases every day is blowing my mind i think we're over fifty-five thousand a day or something now or more than that yeah. Well, when I had this idea for a series, you came to mind early because I know you you go to so many shows, and now in a different capacity, you're at a lot of shows because of your job. It, 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 one of your jobs is you do a lot of uh, catering for big shows that happen here in town. Yeah. I know I ran into you at the U2 concert. I know uh, yeah. I wanted you to have you on this show when Adam Sandler was here and you were working with his crew when he was right. out in independent. Um, so I thought you'd have some interesting perspective and I also always uh, respected you as a person and loved your music. So I'm excited to share with these people the stories of your five, five concerts in your life that changed your life. And your list blew me away the second I saw it and uh, we'll, we'll do the slow reveal on it. But um, to kick off your list, the very first person <laughs> we're right. talking to, and it's gonna, we're setting the bar so high. Yeah. already with the very first person you sure go ahead you can tell us it, it, it'll feel better ah. for me tell us who your favorite one of your top five concerts of all time that changed your life one of my, all right one uh number one on my list because i did it in chronological order right um yes. was jackson five world tour in 1984 at arrowhead stadium they played blew my three mind. nights here uh -huh. they played here yes. at july 6th july 7th july 8th 1984 together generated over four million dollars in ticket sales in 1984 which is crazy to think about what it would do in 2020 it's probably three times that at least uh but um it, it was interesting I mean, to look up that information and see that so tell us about that day tell us what you remember uh tell us why it's on this list and you know i never got a chance to see michael jackson so i want to hear stories all right. Well, uh, first of all, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. Huge as a kiddo. I had a beaded jacket. <laughs> and, you know, I meant it. I wore that beaded jacket to the concert. You better bet your ass I did. <laughs> I meant it so hard. Um, I love them so much. Uh, the Thriller album is such a good record. And um, that was my first exposure to him. And I later found Off the Wall because I didn't know. I was a kid. I was literally, I was 10 years old in 1984. And so, um, you know, Thriller album was my first Michael Jackson record and first real experience with it. And then I found Off the Wall and was blown away by that, but it was after the fact. Um, but I don't know, that day I went with my dad and his girlfriend at the time. I was just, I just remember being so excited, just completely excited. And we were up, you know, we didn't have front row seats or anything, but we're, you know, we we're up off the side. I had a really good view of the entire stage, which I love. Right. Um, I love it still to this day. <laughs> I love to be able to see everything that's going on on stage because I like, you know, I play music. I want to be able to watch everybody and see everything. So yeah, I, I was, I could barely contain myself as I recall. Looking I, over I the set dying. list, uh, I, I was able to find the set list for the July 6th, 1984 show. And it's an interesting mix of uh, solo Michael Jackson stuff, as well as Jackson 5 songs. Do you remember, I mean, I know it's uh, when you were 10 years old, I, I never got to go to a concert when I was 10, so I don't know if I'd be able to remember, but do you remember any songs that night? I mean, he kicked off the night with 
want to be starting something. Uh, he did play off yeah. the wall. Uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, he did. He did a lot of the thriller stuff, probably most of the thriller stuff. And I remember the Jackson Five out there, and I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. But yeah. I was just, I couldn't stand it. I was like waiting, just waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> waiting to hear the songs I knew. No kid. Yeah, I I remember it pretty well. I don't, I mean, I didn't get on the list. I didn't memorize the set list or anything. My brain doesn't do that kind of stuff. But the set list is really short, actually, What's, for that. And I, it was only 14 songs, uh, but I imagine there was some elongated dance uh, numbers. And, dancing, uh, theatrics, you know. Yeah shenanigans yes yes yeah hmm. well now you're messing with me Chris. <laughs> <laughs> to pick a song I, I asked you to pick a song by each of your favorite concerts of all time the concerts that change your life the song you picked from michael jackson was tyt pretty young thing and right. uh, again uh, yeah we've been hanging out with uh, amy farron here on the 8160 this week on 90.9 the bridge as we begin a july long series here every Tuesday night, sitting down with four different musicians, talking to them about the concerts that changed their life. We're now going to play the song that Amy Farron picked to celebrate the Michael Jackson concert, the Victory Tour at Arrowhead. Were you there? If you were, you know, let us know on social media or let us know and send me a note. And if you have a story that I can share back with Amy, that'd be fun to share so she can remember more of that night from when she was a wee lad. Uh, hanging out, out last, at, uh, last, last, yes. Yeah. A wee last, <laughs> hanging out out at yeah. um, Arrowhead just to fill in some holes. Yeah. But uh, here's music from Michael Jackson. Here's Pretty Young Thing. You know, you, you make me feel so good inside. <laughs> I've always wanted a girl just like you. Such a purity.
And that was music from Michael Jackson. That was PYT, Pretty Young Thing, one of Amy Farron's picks of a song from one of the concerts that changed her life, Michael Jackson, July 6, 1984, thereabouts, one of those three days, out of Arrowhead. And up next on her list, tell us who's next on your list, Amy Farron. Paul Simon is next. I went to the concert in Sandstone in 1991. I think it was the Born at the Right Time Tour, I think is what it was called. Yes, ma'am. And it was really incredible. It was really incredible. I had never seen him before. First of all, there were threats of rain the whole time. And so there was the whole, mm, you know, you go, you roll the dice. If it rains or not, they could cancel the show. But it did not lightning. And so that's the thing about outdoor shows. When it rains, they will, they will continue the show as long as there's no lightning. And there wasn't a bunch of lightning, so they played. And the seats, I were, the seats were in were close enough to the stage. And the wind was blowing from behind that. We weren't getting wet. The rain was blowing right. past us. And yeah. people a few rows behind us were getting soaked, but not me. <laughs> I'm saying, bummer. I'm having a great time. <laughs> Sorry, you're soaked. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was an amazing show. And yeah, it was a 17-piece band on stage. Just wow. African drums and all kinds. It was incredible. I was blown away by it. You know, it, I think it was very influential to me in a lot of ways. Um, and inspirational, too. I ended up... Not many years after that, going to Africa with my friend Lisa McKenzie to study West African talking drum percussion. I'm not saying it's because of this, but it, it's certainly, you know, it's certainly added to the love and the desire to want to learn more about that stuff. So anyhow, yeah, it was a great show. <laughs> it was an incredible show. I was able to find the set list from the day after the show. Uh-huh. I found this set list from the 14th, which was in, down in St. Louis. And this set list is just another level of... Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole, yeah, I couldn't even, I had a hard time picking a song for you off of that set. Like, I just, sure. I, I had a hard time picking it because every single song was awesome. And the one I, I chose Graceland as the song because, I don't know, that album I particularly love. And again, it was inspirational in a lot of ways. And part of the motivation, I did a lot of things I did. Decisions right. I made to go learn things I learned, you know, so. But yeah, I love Kodachrome too. I was torn between those two. <laughs> I super love it. So. He played seven songs in the encore. Uh, the last four were America, The Boxer, Cecilia, and The Sound of Silence. I mean, it's just grand slam <laughs> yeah. after grand slam after grand slam, yeah. Paul Simon. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't at that show. I, w- I saw Paul Simon for the first time June 26, 10 years later in 2001. Uh, and Brian Wilson was on that bill as well. Uh, one of my favorite concerts of all time. And then I saw him again in the Midland uh, in uh, November 8th, 2011. And uh, that was also a phenomenal night. But uh, like you said, you picked the song Graceland to play, which is one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite albums of all time. I can yeah, already tell. <laughs> I'm going to use the word favorite a lot in July uh, as we do this series of people's concerts that change their lives. So let's get to some music. One of Amy Farron's picks here on the 8160 this week uh, as one of her concerts that changed her life, a song from that show. Here's Graceland by Paul Simon. Mm -hmm. 
national guitar I am following the river down the highway Through the cradle of the Civil War I'm going to Graceland, Graceland To Memphis, Tennessee I'm going to Graceland
And that was music from Paul Simon. The song is called Graceland from an album of the same title. He played out at Sandstone, and that's one of the concerts that changed Amy Farron's life. And she's hanging out with us this week on the 8160 here on 90.9 The Bridge on a Zoom call. Because who doesn't love a Zoom call? You got to. It's 2020, and we're all Zooming. And uh, she's hanging out with us. Yes, it is. Uh, she's a longtime Kansas City musician, performer, artist, and amazing person, and has given so much to the Kansas City music community. And uh, we're happy to have her on this week's show as we kick off a month-long series uh, hanging out with four different musicians talking about the concerts that changed their life. Number one was MJ. Number two was Paul Simon. Who's number three on your list, Amy? Uh, Tom Waits listed next in 2006 at the Orpheum Theater in Memphis. And it was awesome. (laughs) It was a great show. Uh-huh. I've, yes. I've never got to see Tom Waits, and he has such a iconic, well, everything, everything about Tom Waits is iconic. And um, I could remember when he played at the Fox Theater in 2008, and a lot of our music friends here caravan down to there. So tell us about when you got to see him play August 4th, 2006. Did his show in Memphis bring you to Memphis? Uh, was that the reason for your trip to Memphis? Yes. or It was. Yes, that was the reason. There were there were three of us that went. Uh, this gal I was seeing at the time, Stacy, my old roommate Jay. We all hopped in the car and we drove to Memphis to go see Tom Waits. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was an incredible show. the The Memphis trip was fun anyway. We went to Graceland, and it, because I mean, the dates you can see August fourth. Like, what year? When did he die? When? What date did Elvis die? What was oh, that? Anyway, yeah. we went to Graceland there, and we, it was like the worst weekend to go. It was like an anniversary of his death or something. I don't remember, but like every line was the longest in life, and it was a thousand billion degrees. <laughs> it was just like we we would have paid two hundred dollars extra to not have to wait in those lines. We foolishly did not pay the extra fifty dollars each or whatever to pass. Like, ah, oh, well, why would we pay that much more money to pass? Oh, no, no. Yeah. So if you ever go to Graceland, pay the extra money to not have to wait in line. Uh, that's my approach to you. Anyhow, um, so yes, the Tom Waits show was incredible, but it, it was the reason for the trip, and um, it was great. We had blast. The show was incredible. I was really, I was blown away by the age reach of the, the crowd. I mean, there were people that were way younger than me, and a whole bunch of old ladies, a bunch of old ladies that loved the Tom Waits. <laughs> like, it's great. It was really great, and now this theater just jammed full. And everybody had a blast. I think everyone was rocking out. You know, I was really, I was really taken aback by the cute old ladies freaking out. So right. I was, I was expecting some underwear to be thrown. Even it was, <laughs> it was kind of expecting that. Looking at your own musical career and your work in the band American Catastrophe, I know you uh-huh. didn't sing lead vocals, but th- this seems to resonate the love of Tom Waits into that band, American Catastrophe. That was fronted by Sean, and, and he's got that growl. Hammondtree, yeah. Yeah, Sean Hammondtree, and he's got that growl. And, well, you know, I, I, I think that everyone in American Catastrophe was a Tom Waits fan. I would, I think that's a fair yeah. thing to say. I, I don't want to speak for other human beings, but I think that I can absolutely say that everyone in that band was a fan of him. You know, I would, it's definitely not the only influence in that band, but it, uh, we all like the guy. I think he influences a lot of people. I think there are lots of folks in this, in, you know, yeah. all of our musicians, but also in KC that are influenced by Tom Waits for sure. He's a musician that, to me, 
is sitting on a literal gold mine as to where if he said, I want to tour again, he could sell out every uptown or midland sized room and do right. 40 sold out well, shows. Well, you know, he doesn't hardly play. I think he, right. I think he doesn't enjoy it. I think he doesn't like to perform is the deal and that's why he hardly ever does it and so yeah i mean this this tour that i went to uh, in 2006 i think he did eight dates or something for that really only and there were people they were such super fans that they took all their vacation time and they just traveled and went to all the shows i remember seeing people who did that kind of crazy and i i may be wrong about this but i feel like this is true story i feel like he (laughs) did the eight dates and he picked the cities based on there was like a constellation or something really? there's a constellation and so he i feel like I could be totally making this up for some reason my brain is telling me that this is a true story that he selected the cities where the concerts were based on if you had laid this constellation over the united states and so wherever the stars would have been <laughs> in that That's constellation funny. is where he went to play the show. I could totally be wrong. And if, so, if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody is very knowledgeable and somebody will tell us all about it. But for now, I'm going to go with that. That's what my brain is telling you. From Tom Waits, uh, you picked the song. We're going to play God's Away on Business from Tom Waits, celebrating one of the greatest concerts, one of the concerts that changed your life, August 4th, 2006, Tom Waits at the Orpheum Theater in Memphis, Tennessee. Here it is. Mousetrap, baby, it's a deal It's a deal Got so free 
Take a coin slot, baby, let her ring Let her ring music from Tom Waits. That song is called God's Away on Business. That song and that concert, August 4th, 2006, Tom Waits live at the Orpheum in Memphis, is one of Amy Farron's picks of one of the concerts that changed her life. Amy Farron's a longtime Kansas City musician and artist joining us here this week on the 8160 as we all month of July will be hanging out with different artists talking about the concerts that changed their life. We're on to number four. And I'm excited for this because I was at this concert and it was a steamroller. Tell us who's the number four pick on your concerts that changed your life, Amy Farron. Leonard Cohen at the Midland Theater in 2009. And man, it was, it was one of the, it was really one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. Ever, 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 ever for real. For real, for real. <laughs> Whether this list existed or not, it was such a good show. November 9th, and, 2009. And uh, at the Midland sold out concert it was the the most expensive concert ticket except maybe jay-z kanye at sprint center this was more than a madonna ticket so the tickets that where i was sitting anyway and i and i remember when it when it was happening i i wondered how if it could sell out if it'd be able to facilitate that and then also i knew all of our friends wanted to go and i knew that it was a lot of money for all of our friends to come up with to go see a concert. So um, there are so many things about that night I remember, but why don't you give, give us some details on, other than the things you already said, which is so true. It really was just a ridiculous uh, show. Well, to follow what you just said, um, I got free tickets to that show. <laughs> I didn't have to pay for those tickets at all. I, I went, uh, Stacy, who I also went to Tom Waits with, um, she, called me and asked me if I wanted to go and I said yeah and she got the tickets for free from her ex and friend Matt Spencer who actually just died not long ago cancer so it's nice to be able to talk about him bring him up he's a cool guy I like him a lot yeah. uh, anyhow so yes Stacy and I got to go for free and we sat it was like the mezzanine level mm -hmm. and those wraparound those wraparound seats that come around the side you know like little box seat things yeah. Awesome. <laughs> we had a server bringing us beers. It was I amazing. was up there with you. I, I was right up there with you. Uh, me and Bill Brownlee. Uh, Bill Brownlee, uh -huh. longtime uh, writer, contributor for the Kansas City Star, and I've mm -hmm. mentioned here on the show so often. And, you know, me and him and, and, and you sitting right there. I mean, some real big right. cynics. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, it takes a lot to impress real big music nerds and that whole show it, felt like a fairy tale we were on the set of a film like it was so good it, it didn't it felt like it could have just been track like it he just pushed play and he mouthed over it and then he kept falling to a knee taking an arm and he's like 72 yeah. or something and yeah just an amazing night but it was incredible. His stamina was incredible. The whole band, everything was amazing. And again, like I said, I love the vantage point because I could see every single thing that every musician was doing. And so that you're nerding out on that. I had a little notebook with me. I literally had a little notebook with me. Just taking nice. notes. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was an incredible show. I was so geeked out. 
Um, Again, uh, anyway. as far as uh, as far like, as set lists go, twenty-seven songs. Even played. the lighting, even the lighting at that show. What's that? I'm yeah. sorry, we're just talking over each other. What did you say? No, I said twenty-seven <laughs> songs played over the night. Yeah, and six-song encore in three parts, and he just kept coming back. And is it the Watson twins that sang with him? Yeah, uh, the women that sang with him and collaborated on that project and. Just such a class act of a dude. And it felt like that show felt a little bit like a high school reunion show. Um, a different type of music, but another show that was like that was the Pogues when they played the Midland. It felt like that same group of people all hanging out. Probably together. was. Yeah. <laughs> Probably was. Very similar group of people, I would assume. I yeah. felt so lucky to have seen him now that he passed away uh, recently. Um, but I uh, felt like such a treat to have been there. And I told the story on my show before how as I walked in and I was skeptical to what I was going to see because I just had no idea how, what, what could happen. And I walked past the merch and I see posters and t-shirts and, and I, in my head, I'm like, who's going to buy a Leonard Cohen t-shirt? I left with the poster and the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I That's know, how good for you. Amazing of a show it was, but I'm sure it was hard to pick a song from his catalog. But you picked the song "Everybody Knows." Uh, do you want to tell us why you picked that song? I just I'm a big fan of. I, I like a lot of his songs actually, and I just I like that one a lot too. I don't know. It kind of just. I mean, again, everything on the set was great. You know, how do you pick one? They're all yeah. Throw a dart. Throw a dart and hit one. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyway, I think everybody knows because it's a great song. Yeah, yeah that, that's real. Throw a dart and uh, play any of them. Uh, yeah. What a treat it was to see Leonard Cohen that night. Uh, it's, uh, November 9th, 2009, one of Amy Farron's picks of one of the five concerts that changed her life. And uh, she picked this song to share with you. We're going to play Everybody Knows by the great Leonard Cohen. Here it is. Everybody knows that the days are loaded Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed Everybody knows the war is over Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows that the boat is leaking Everybody knows the captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants Box of chocolates and the long stem rose. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that you love me, baby. Everybody knows that you really do. Everybody knows that you've been faithful. I give or take a 
everybody knows you've been discreet But there were so many people you just had to meet without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it Here on the 8160 or 90.9 The Bridge, 
Our guest is longtime Kansas City musician and artist Amy Farron. She picked that song to celebrate the November 9th, 2009 concert of Leonard Cohen, which is one of the greatest concerts of her life that changed her life. And uh, we're down the list to number five. MJ, Paul Simon, Tom Waits, Leonard Cohen, and this one is a with a bullet. Uh, phenomenal show. Tell us about the number five pick on your list. David Byrne show at the Kaufman Center in 2018. Holy crap. <laughs> so it was so incredible. It was such an incredible show. And um, I was blown away the whole time, the entire time. I was just I was glued, glued to it. I couldn't, I couldn't move my eyes away. I was just like, <laughs> and again, it was, we're higher up seats and off to the side. Um, I could see everything that was happening, which I loved. What did the stage, you know, they had the, like the ball chain string things hanging and everyone's dressed the same and all, and all of the instrumentation is attached to some sort of wireless device so they can move about right. the stage. Everyone was mobile the whole time and it was incredible. You know, the choreography of it alone is amazing, much less the fact that they're able to play their instruments and moving around and doing all right. that. And again, David Burns, not a young man. And he was nope. rocking out everywhere. He's throwing his body all over the place. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. And of course, the ton of songs that he love and adore. So many good songs. Because he didn't just do things off the new album, you know? I mean, there was a bunch of Talking Heads stuff, which I also love. Talking Heads are one of my favorite all-time bands. And so it was an incredible show. I had a blast. Well, I, was, to, I to felt like a scene, little kid. Absolutely. <laughs> to set the scene for people who weren't there, what David Byrne has done on these past few tours and with his residency in New York that started when he played a tour with Annie Clark, uh, AKA St. Vincent, is massive choreography. And what he's done is lift the band from the stage. So you no longer have a drum kit. Instead you have four or five people playing a mobile drum kit. So one's got a snare and somebody's got toms and somebody's got a bass kick and somebody's got a couple cymbals. And they're wearing matching outfits, uh, no shoes, and yeah, <laughs> so beautifully and wittingly choreographed. And if you've been to the coffin, you know, it's always great to see massive stage piece, set pieces and stage pieces, but this was the exact opposite. They pulled back every right. curtain they could and opened it as wide as possible. And it just became this blank canvas and uh, just such an awesome, memorable night that was that ended with him covering and I don't know if he knows she's from here, but he covered Janelle Monet to end the mm-hmm. show. He played the song, uh, Hell You Tombook. And I, I don't know if he knew, and I, I remember thinking, Mark Manning, our good friend from a couple clicks down the dial uh-huh. at KKFI, uh-huh. was in the front row. And I'm like, yes. Mark, tell him, tell him that Janelle's from Kansas City. <laughs> um, well, you know, he's, he's a pretty smart guy. My guess is he would already know that. I would say and I mean, he's you know, if you're going to go to the trouble of covering someone's material and 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 dissecting it the way they would have had to dissect each song to perform it the way they did, like you were right. saying with the drummer. I mean, there wasn't a drummer; there were five guys or whatever right. becoming the drummer. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like <clears throat> my guess is he he probably knew the shoes from here. Maybe maybe he does that on every town he goes to. Maybe he plays somebody local for some local thing wherever he goes. You don't know. It's possible. Yeah. One, we should one ask thing, him. Call him yeah, up. we should. Call I, him I, up I right now. <laughs> I would love to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but um, he's a musician that when he goes to a town, 
he digs into the community. He goes out and sees stuff in museums. And one story that I heard from when he played at the uh, Crossroads back uh, in 2013, he has his bike with him on tour. And he rode his bike to Oklahoma Joe's from Crossroads and had barbecue. That's pretty far. It's really yeah, that's far. And, um, yeah. But, you know, he's obviously a, a very fit guy running around dancing on stage every night with, uh, you know, about a dozen other people half his age. Something else that impressed me about a man, about a person with as much as, as powerful of a person as he is in the music industry, when he introduced the 11 people on stage that night and then also at the night he played with St. Vincent at Wick Crossroads, they introduced the musicians in all of their projects. And they said, you can get all of their merch at the merch table. So he's carrying around merch for these tiny projects from these musicians from all around the country that are in his band. And I thought that was really cool to give them, cool. give, them that, give them that light uh, to shine on their own personal projects as he's blowing yeah. our mind with his own project. He hires really good musicians, you know? I mean, right. what's her name? The guitarist, Angie Swan, is that her name? I'm uh, not sure. Damn, she is awesome too. Like she's just every. Of course, he's got awesome people to fan. Of course, he's got the best, yeah. the best players. Why would he not? Yeah. So I don't doubt for one second. Then he seems like a cool guy. Like, of course he would do that. Of course he would bring everybody's merch. I'm so happy you had this pick for your list because it really was that that night at the coffin was just another level and a nice way to round out. It was so cool. It was Again, super so. super cool. And you know, I I missed that St. Vincent show at the Casey Crossroads because I had a show that night mm. and I showed up at the very I think I, I was just hauled ass to get there <laughs> and I showed up at the very end I think I heard two songs I got to hear yeah. two songs or something yeah well yeah <laughs> <laughs> your five picks we heard Michael Jackson Paul Simon Tom Waits Leonard Cohen uh you know the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here in this show and rounding out your list with music from David Byrne uh, the song we're going to play that you chose was Once in a Lifetime, uh, perhaps the most iconic Talking Head song, uh, most iconic one I can think of. Yeah, uh, I love to, it. To celebrate his concert so from June 7, 2018 <laughs> at Coffin Center. Um, thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks for sharing these stories. Yeah, Thanks for talking about quarantine in Italy. And uh, if, you, if you're just now tuning into the show, you're going to want to go back and listen to the show on the archive and hang out with us the rest of the month. Uh, we're going to be sitting down with Marty Hilliard of the Project Ebony Tusk, Addie Sartino of the Green Committee, and Isaac Flynn yeah. of Hembry. And then the first Tuesday in August, I'm going to chime in and steal all the airwaves for myself and talk about my the five shows that changed my life, too. So thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, I was going to ask you one more thing before we play that David Byrne song. I wanted to ask What's each that? musician, what show in your life uh, that you were performing if you can remember it, sticks out in your head that made you think, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to be a musician. Um, well, you know, I've been playing music in front of people since I was a little girl. And my mm -hmm. mom and my and my mom and my first stepdad, <laughs> that's a, that's, we won't talk. Anyway, I uh, had country cover bands and stuff. And I was on stage at the age of six with them wow. singing. And I started playing drums when I was seven. And so I would get up and play drums with them every once in a while. You know, and of course, you're like six and seven where did they play amy well the answer is horrible dive bars i saw that was in that was a child in these uh 
bars that I should never, I should not have been in, but there I was. And I, I saw a lot of things. You know, bartenders taught me to tie cherry stems in a knot with my tongue. All the things that a little six-year-old kid needs to learn. I, learned, I, got, I got a crash course in grown-up life. Um, dive bars and all of that fun as a little kid. So I, you know, I've wanted to play since I was a little kid because I started wow. as a little kid. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, thanks oh, for I sharing. have stories, but we don't have probably enough time for any of that. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. Well, again, well, one thing I did want to say, I had a really, yeah. I had a really hard time narrowing this list down because I've seen so many shows, and, and I, I was struggling with it actually. And I wanted to give an honorable mention to Sharon sure. Jones and Adapt Kings for 2010 at the Midland. It was such a good show. I danced so hard. I got so sweaty. She called all these people up on stage. And I knew almost all of them. It was fabulous. Like, look, it's all about you. It was just, it was great. Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much time about it, but I feel like honorable mention. I want to talk about that show. I'm that back. was That's a great, great show. Right. I, I was at that show too. Uh, also similar vibe to the Leonard Cohen and yeah. the Pope. Probably a lot of the same people in the room that night. So. Probably. Again, yes. Thank you so much for sitting down with us, and uh, we're going to end with uh, your pick uh, from David Byrne. Once in a lifetime, celebrate the show. One of your, uh, one of the concerts to change your life. Here's music from David Byrne. Once in a lifetime. So 